I'm Steve White, a Suns fan since 1988, and you're listening to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody into another edition of the Bubble Boys post-game gab fest here on the Sun Solar Panel. I'm your host, Greg Espo Esposito. Ahoy hoy, everybody. Dave King with me as always. Dave, how are you, my friend? I'm doing freaking awesome. I almost gave myself a heart attack during the end of that game, but I'm doing great. Which is nice that we're getting heart attacks because of excitement rather than anger. Uh, for the well, first time in a long anger at first. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's always great when you can win a game eight on five, right? When you're when you are, have three extra guys on your opponent's team and you find oh a way to win, it's always great. Not to start this by uh, bitching about the refs, but man, there were some bad calls in this game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> refs were just awful. And then to, even, even with three seconds left, giving Dallas one more shot by giving them the ball. Oh, it was ter- terrifying. I thought uh, for sure it was ending with a Luca three. Clear down foul by Finney Smith. And he knocked the ball out of bounds, and the ref still gave them the ball out of bounds with three seconds left to try to begging, begging Dallas to win the game. What I couldn't believe was when Luca Doncic to tie the game. He drove in, he had an open layup, and he stopped and he threw it back out for Porzingis to take the three to try to win. I was just surprised they didn't bail him out and call a foul when he when he passed or something. Uh, the way this game had went, but he was expecting to get fouled on the way, and the Suns didn't actually foul him. Then he found himself at the basket, only <laughs> for the tie, knowing that they suck in crunch time anyway. So, good I, lord, th- this was the most. I, I tweeted this. This was the most exciting basketball we've seen in a decade, and it was meaningful. It had playoff a playoff feel to it in that second half the suns come back after trailing by as many as 15 and they wind up winning this one 117 115 over the dallas mavericks uh and i i'll tell you i have not i I literally have not had that much fun watching basketball i know people say oh the the drogic bledsoe uh season where they almost where they almost made the playoffs no this was more fun than even that this is the most fun i've had watching suns basketball since 2010 Right, because that season in the last week, Dragic turned his ankle. They lost a big game. I think it was to Dallas. Maybe it was the Spurs, but I think it was Dallas. And then they lost a couple of more to cut, to fall out of the playoffs. They were in seventh place as of two weeks left. And so, no, man, this this was the biggest win. Now, if the Suns had lost this game, it, you could say it was like a lot of prior games. But they actually won this game. I mean, it, it – we talk about five on eight so often. We talk about that, and I know we sound like whiners, but even in Dallas subreddit, in the Mavs subreddit that was melting down, somebody screenshotted and tweeted it out that they were like, the Mavs were even trying to help us, and we lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, look, refs, I mean, the refs were even trying to help us, and we lost. Uh, our, our friends, the, the flaming ballers in the chat, uh, Rick Johnson, one of them says it was like a game in the playoffs, Suns versus refs. So some things, some things always remain the same when you've got playoff level atmosphere basketball. But awful, I mean, awful first half. Let's just be honest; it was not, oh it was God. not pretty. Terrible first any half. worse in that first half. No, I mean, no, I don't, I don't really think it possibly could have. I mean, they were trying. Look, they were trying hard. No question the Suns' effort in that first half. The execution was just horrific, though, and the refs were not helping because they're – but you know what? 
we talk about this and and the reality is that that you bring on the bad calls by doing just enough not to be good enough on defense um and that does happen but man those refs were really really calling it one-sided because the Mavs would do the same thing on the other end and there'd be no call so that was that was quite quite crazy this is really really just a crazy game and i when Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton got those got their fifth got the fifth fouls each with seven and a half minutes left in the third quarter, I'm like, oh God. Like, what were you thinking, Greg, when when Booker and Ayton had to sit down? Oh, you thought that that's probably it. That the run likely comes to an end here, and they're gonna have to try to dig back when they bring uh when they bring these guys back in and then campaign had a huge run there in the fourth he did great ricky ricky is the stabling force of this team right there is nobody that is a better guiding hand for the phoenix suns than ricky rubio he came up big Mm -hmm. uh, did the little things was very calming influence uh on this team in that fourth quarter and, and showed that he's experienced he knows how to how to come up big in these games I could not speak more uh, better about Dario Saric too. He's he is looking like the perfect sixth man for this team. And then, I mean, Cam Johnson too. Uh, amazing game from Cam Johnson, the rookie who you know, is kind you know, of a he's, sophomore. He's 30, 32 by now. I don't know. <laughs> he's got the hips of a thirty-two-year-old, but he's still a young guy. He played, 19, he 19 points, twelve rebounds, four mm-hmm. assists from Cam Johnson. I mean, on. Unbelievable when this team and we talked about this coming out of the out of the scrimmage games, we thought, okay, the bench and these these bench guys have proven uh, that they are not just the bench guys, but everybody not named DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker showed that they could play and help lift up Booker and, and Ayton when they have a bad game or, you know, have foul trouble. But we thought that might just be the scrimmage. We don't know. Well, they proved tonight that those guys can come up big for this roster. Even McHale didn't have a great game. And you saw Cam Johnson campaign, uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, coming up big, uh, Sarich, and then hey, even only two active cams in the league right now. There's one yep. other cam, but he's not in the bubble. So <laughs> only two active cams in the league led that third quarter comeback. That was pretty incredible to watch. And even Mikel, Mikel played. Was it the whole second half with four fouls? He got the he got his fifth, but he, he got didn't the fifth in the in the fourth hardly. quarter. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't didn't sit down hardly at all. Right, I do carry the show for two minutes while I go get a drink because of I, course my mouth is dry. And no problem. I, let's talk about. I'm going to talk about Javon Carter. Well, Dave. Well, Dave walks away here. Uh, in the fourth quarter, there, Javon Carter uh, had a couple great defensive plays when you needed stops. I mean, all the little things uh, that the Suns could have done in that second half, they did right. It was it was completely thrilling to watch these guys finally starting to gel. And I think that this is going to be one of those games that we look back at uh, a year or two from now when we go, that was the moment. That's when this team became a real NBA team. That's when this team decided, okay, it is time to prove that we have a shot to play uh, for something bigger uh, than, than just showing up for games, right? Nobody took this team serious coming into Orlando. And I know we're only two games in, but they've come in and they took care of business against the Wizards that they had to do. And then even when it looked like 
the odds were stacked against him. Down 15, refs calling all sorts of things uh, against this team. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton winding up with, with five fouls each late in the fourth. They wind up pulling it out. I mean, Devin Booker fouls out with a few minutes to go in this game, and you thought that could be the difference maker, right? Because you don't have your main guy on offense. This could come down to the Suns needing a big shot and not having that guy on the court. And, and they wind up not having to worry about that. They took care of business down the stretch. I could not be more excited about what we saw tonight from this Phoenix Suns squad. We're seeing something special. Even if they go out and they and they don't make the magical run here, they don't force it, force a play in or something. This is a huge step forward for the Phoenix Suns and showcasing what this future could look like with this team. And anybody that watched tonight, uh, if they it, it watched through the second half, if they watched the first half, you'd have some questions about this team. But if you watch through the second half, you realize that this team could be something special. And they're still doing it without Kelly Oubre, and they're doing it without Aaron Baines, two guys that could wind up uh, not being part of the future uh, because Baines is a free agent. Kelly only has one year left. If they keep playing like this without these two guys, you got to wonder what the future holds. But, man, this this was a team that kind of started to solidify tonight. <clears throat> well, what I saw in this game was uh, Devin Booker realizing that his team can win with and without him like uh, yep. Devin Booker knows he doesn't have to score every point in the first half. He got really aggressive. He lost his, he's lost his focus a little bit. He started getting foul baited. Um, Luca is a great foul baiter and uh, Deandre Ayton and, and Devin Booker both started getting foul baited. And then when Devin and, and, and Deandre both, both uh, sat down and all of a sudden it was just bait, mostly the bench guys and Ricky Rubio that was pretty awesome because they just came back. And then the Mavs stopped playing. The Mavs stopped trying uh, because they thought they had won the game. We've seen the Suns do that before where they thought they had a game, they had a good lead, and they just let their foot off the gas. And then uh, they let the other team come back. Um, now, this time, the Mavericks did it. And the Suns took advantage and never took their foot back off that gas once they got it on there. Javon Carter was huge. He had a, a short interview uh, post game. And so the reason we started this a little bit late is because I listened to all the post game stuff and they had a short interview with, uh, Javon Carter and Javon just basically look, man, I saw all these guys, their heads were hanging, the fouls were you know, all the foul calls and everything. And I just decided that we needed to go out there. Me and cam, he said he and campaign have really struck up a bond, uh, playing next to each other in, in the bubble since it restarted. And it shows, it shows that those guys know, they're not the greatest offense together. I talked to Campaign the other day. He said the same thing. He's like, look, we can improve on offense, both Javon and I. But on defense, we can really make a difference. And that's where we're going to make our money. And so um, they did a really great job. And the Mavericks had no idea what the heck was what hit, what hit them. Because guess what? Luka and Porzingis were still in there for a lot of that run that the Suns had to take that lead. Uh, it's not like the Mavs put in their bench, too. So it was pretty incredible to watch. I just, I, I, I was so, my heart rate was going so hard at the end there, especially when the refs kept overturning things that, I mean, I'm sorry to keep going back to the refs. It's, it's pretty <laughs> basic to be uh, complaining about the refs too much, but man, the, the Jesus, when they, when even on that, even on that flagrant, when, um, 
uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I think it was, pushed uh, DeAndre Ayton under the basket, and it was just a non-basketball move. He just basically bodied him. And then it was called a double technical um, after a flagrant as well, but still should have also been a technical. It should have been, I don't know, the rest were trying to balance that one out a little bit. And then giving the ball back to Dallas with 3.2 seconds left, even Dallas Mavericks fans knew that the refs were on their side. Yeah, I, it was crazy. But you look at the stat sheet, and and Rick in the chat, chat again, one of our flaming ballers. Uh, you can join our YouTube uh, channel by clicking the join button and and become one of the flaming ballers. We appreciate you guys. He says, "How about Devin Booker scoring thirty points in thirty one minutes on twenty shots?" Look, yeah. uh, it was an unbelievable game for Devin Booker, despite the fouls. And again, it's one of those that you, you go, oh, yeah, Devin's having an okay game. And you look at the stats and you go, oh, he just scored 30 points in a game for the 87th time in his career. He became the, the he surpassed Amari Stoudemire for the second most 30-point games as a son in franchise he's history. He's only 23 years old. Yeah, and he's three game. He's three uh, thirty point games away from Walter Davis uh, on that list, the all time leading scorer for the Suns. So Devin Booker is doing amazing things, and even with the foul trouble, uh, he had those thirty points, four assists, three rebounds, a steal, uh, a big game for Devin. And I think Dave, you made a great point when it comes to Devin Booker. He did learn tonight that he doesn't have to do it all, that he can yeah. trust his teammates. And even when he fouls out, he can trust them to finish the job. And I, that's huge because that trust factor is, I think, what had been missing at times with Devin when he felt he had to take over everything. Now he knows he's got guys like yeah, Jim, Jim Johnson to pick up. Problem. No, I mean, when, you got, when your point guards are, no offense, please, no offense, but yeah. Isaiah Kanan and guys like that, um, you you have a reason to think that it's all on your shoulders, and so this is this was great. I give I give a ton of credit to Monty Williams and to James Jones for this game. So a James Jones, look, he didn't bring in the top talent this summer. He didn't bring in high end, huge free agents this summer. What he brought in was guys who knew how to win these kind of games. The guys that James Jones brought in were the guys that contributed most to this game tonight. And I think that that uh, says a lot about James, the kind of guys that James Jones wants to recruit. Also, um, I give a ton of credit to Monty Williams as the coach for actually coaching these guys through that. Um, some coaches would have lost some of their mojo, would have lost some of their focus uh, when they were, um, when they were, you know, fifth foul, five fouls each. And then Mikel Bridges even got his fifth foul. So your top three guys um, are all in foul trouble. And you're down 15 to the Dallas Mavericks, who couldn't who couldn't be stopped. And so Monty keeping his head, he talked about it post game. He's like, "Man, I just had to keep my cool. I was so I was frustrated with all the foul calls, but I had to keep my cool for the rest of the team, and it worked. Javon Carter, campaign, those guys, it worked. I want to give a huge shout out now to Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson started the the show big, and he ended the show big." Uh, um, Cam Johnson, he put on that show tonight, and that's what I'm talking about. He made two early threes to get the Suns on track, and then he made some big plays in that second half and all the way through. First career double-double. Um, Greg, I think you put that up a little bit earlier, but it was 19 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, Cam Johnson was huge with a big capital H-U-G-E in this game. Big, big plays from great young players who haven't proven themselves yet in this league, uh, but they are proving themselves. 
Uh, Tim Bontemps of ESPN, it was funny, he came on the uh, post game talking to Monty, and he was still using the national rhetoric, goes, going like, you know, you guys came in here without a chance, and I, do you think it's just good that you guys are having fun and, and with nothing to lose and just playing hard and trying to get some experience? And Monty just took that question like a pro, and he's just like, look, we're just, we're just trying to win games. We're just, we're just playing hard. We're doing our job. And we're doing we're doing the best we can out there, and we're trying to win games. He didn't he didn't play up to the. You guys are just here to to show up and have fun. Monty's been talking about it from day one. We are not here just to come in here and have fun. We are here to get business done, and they proved it tonight. Look, oh. yes, did the Mavs did the Mavs choke their own game away? Yes. Did the Suns accept it and put their put their uh, hands around the Mavs' necks as well as their own as well as the Mavs' hands? Yes. The Suns stepped on him and finished the job. And that was it's huge. Prior Suns teams wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that contributed to that loss. Look, this this team embodies uh embodies Monty Williams. I mean and, and his attitude. They've taken it on. They've internalized it. Uh, he we've heard him say from day one, everything you want is on the other side of hard. Well guess what? Four months off uh, a, a pandemic, everything this team's gone through, and no. then and not even knowing if they were going to get invited to the bubble, and then they come here uh, and they proved it. And I I kind of disagree with you, Dave. I think the Suns took this one uh, from the Mavs. No, they, they definitely took know. it. I'm sorry, I don't mean to take away from anything the Suns did, but Dallas did do a lot to help. Oh, what? Well, Sure. Okay. I think one for 17 on threes in the second. Yes. I mean, some of that can be attributed to to better defense in the second half than the first. I mean, they gave up 73 freaking points in the first half to the Mavericks. Like that defense was not good. Dallas's offense is not as good as they looked in the first half and it evened out in the second. Uh, Certainly the Mavs missed a lot of shots, but the Suns came in and, and they made the shots that they needed to. I mean, they had a huge run there in the third. I think it was 23 to nine run there in the third and just looked fantastic. Uh, and in in the past, they would have just I'm packed it in. When they were down oh, the team. <laughs> you know, in the past, they would have, uh, they would have just simply, uh, I mean, they would have simply folded when they were down 15. They would have given up. I mean, the halftime speech wouldn't have been anything to write home about uh, from other coaches. But I think Monty went in there and said, do you guys want this? Because if you do, you have to have this game. You have to go out there and show everybody that it's not to be taken lightly. And it does not get any easier for this team. Uh, I mean, you've got the Pacers, the Clippers, uh, you've got the Mavs again. This is not an easy road. And tonight showed that they have the heart and the spirit to try to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, really excited about, about the way these guys played out the second half. Let's read some of these comments. Um, um, Let's see. Well, some of these comments I can't read. <laughs> I, I do enjoy Grant in here saying, love to hear you boys fired up. I, oh, we're it, definitely I, fired up. It's tough not to be. I mean, when you watch that, uh, as, as downtrodden as you probably felt in the first half, you don't get more amped up than you got in the second half uh, as a fan. That's why you watch sports. It's why you watch basketball. And, yes, as Suns fans, we all were sitting there probably a little more worried that – that those last two minutes weren't going to go the way that we wanted them to, then we probably should have. But I mean, that that's why we watch sports. 
That's why right there. It took us, yeah. it gave us two and a half hours away from uh, the real world that we have to deal with. And, and the, the jobs we all have to go back to uh, this week, all those kind of things that, or whatever problems we're going through that two and a half hours uh, was the roller coaster ride that, that, that you want from sports. So yeah, I'm fired up and, and I probably will be fired up uh, until the next game uh, with the, with the way this went. This is this oh. is fun and this is why why we love uh, watching sports. So Greg, you mentioned it earlier and we had a question on it. We, uh, this game Suns won this game without Kelly Oubre and Aaron Baines, who were both starters a lot of the season, especially when DeAndre Aiden was suspended. Um, but the Baines and Ubre neither have played five on five in practice, and the Suns don't get much chance to do practices now that the games are every other day. Monty just talked about it the other morning that he's a he's he has a hard time seeing how those guys are going because they can't if they can't play five on five in practice, then they can't you just can't put them out in the game and not know what's going to happen. So, um, but Kelly did do a post game uh, apparently with the uh, post guys uh, Tom and Tom, Why? and I'm not sure what he said. Uh, who can tell us what can anyone tell us what <laughs> Kelly Oubre said on that post game because he was being introduced and people have asked me, did you see Kelly on the post? But no one's told me what he said. I'm guessing nothing of any importance. Otherwise, I would have heard uh, <laughs> what he said. Ah, got it. Absolutely nothing. That's my point. He's going to get okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so he was as evasive as as ever. Well, why would he go on a post game then? Jeez. Probably because. Probably because they told him you have to because we need a player and you're not playing, right. so you're the easiest. Okay, so let's talk about the guys who are playing for the team. Aaron wants to play. He's just not getting – not Aaron Baines. He's just not getting a chance yeah. uh, to to get in five on five. But let's talk about the guys who did play. Dario was awesome. Let's talk about Dario a little bit here. He cool. had a really, really strong game. He was able to surprise – I think I think you might call it surprise um, – those guys with a little bit of strong defense. He stopped Porzingis a couple of times. He stopped Luca a couple of times at the basket. Um, and, and I don't think they were expecting Dario to be able to do that. So good on Dario for being able to come to accomplish that. Um, his stats don't blow you away. He only had 22 minutes. I think he only had uh, 10, 11 points. Uh, well, I'm sorry, 13 points. Um, and, you know, but he made a huge difference. He had eight rebounds in that game. He just made a huge difference on the floor. I think Dario, is another one of those pickups that just knows how to win games. And these guys obviously proved it, that you don't need to have all the talent in the world to win games. You have to have a cohesive team that has a plan, that knows what they want to do and doesn't panic. Even if one or two guys are panicking, the rest of the guys will just say, hey, we got this. I think that was great. Well, look, draft night, a lot of Suns fans panicked. And from what I remember, I think we were uh, we were part of that. I, I, I remember us not being major fans of, of the deal that brought uh, that the Suns traded back from six, got Dario and, and picked up Cam. A lot of people felt it was a big stretch. But tonight you see mm-hmm. what the vision James Jones had with these guys was that Dario does those little things to help keep you uh, in a game, uh, even whether off the bench or, or playing major minutes, he does those little things. And then you look at it and campaign mm-hmm. or to be Cam Johnson comes up big uh, as well. And you go, okay, I see what James Jones uh, was looking at with all this. I, I understand more of the vision uh, when it comes to this. Now, 
James Jones isn't without his own flaws. We know that. No, he's not. He's not a perfect general manager, but you can see that he went okay. We have the core that we need in a Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges. Now we need to put the guys around them that can shoot, mm-hmm. that can do the little things, and that can keep them calm. And that's you know that's Ricky, that's Cam, that's Dario. Uh, Frank Kaminsky had some minutes that he came in uh, and just got things done as, as part of the ca- comeback. So you go, okay, I understand why you built the roster this way because you can weather a storm. You can weather a 15-point uh, deficit. You can take a punch and come back uh, and then hold on to it. And that's what we saw tonight. And it was that's probably the most exciting part of all of it is they took that punch, they came back, and they held on because they easily could have collapsed in those last four or five minutes in the fourth, and they found everything in them uh, to hold on to it uh, and to win this one. And that's not something that we've always seen uh, even this season. Uh, you had you had a lot of those moments where they showed those flashes and they'd lose late, and you go, oh, that's a young team learning. Well, tonight okay, I'm going to go through a couple of questions. I'm going to go through a couple of questions that are in the chat. Sorry, the chats are actually flying by too fast while we're talking, and <laughs> you know how we like to hear ourselves talk, guys. Um, will Dario will Dario be our de facto five with Baines out? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Dario uh, plays uh, the five, unless Frank's in there next to him. But they're still um, in the in the Suns' offense and their defense for the most part. But in the Suns' offense, the bigs are interchangeable. There's two big guys who switch spots depending on uh, where the ball was going. Uh, but basically they have the same exact role. So when you see um, um, Aiden sometimes in the high post, Aiden sometimes in the dunker spot, Aiden sometimes drifting out, same thing with the other guys. They they generally have interchangeable spots in an ideal world. And with Aiden taking more threes, they'll even more so be interchangeable when Aiden's out there. Um, uh, definitely. They do a little bit some special things for Aiden because he's not as – interchangeable skill wise with Dario and, and um, uh, Frank and those guys as, as the rest of them are together in Aaron Baines. Um, but he's definitely um, rounding into that. And he's, you know, he's a great player. He had a bad night. Aiden doesn't play well with foul trouble. We've, we've seen this. He did it. Same thing with against the Bucks earlier this year too. Um, so he, but he doesn't often get in foul trouble. So we don't have to worry about it too much. Um, uh, some of the other questions, that we've, we've got in the chat. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get to him, guys. Um, why was Kelly the guest on the post game? Who the heck knows? Like, like uh, Espo said, he was probably just told to go do it to be a good, to be a good um, uh, team player. Um, do the Suns keep the tank? You know, Frank is so hard to watch now. Right now, Frank is just, he's, I'll bet he even has a hard time watching himself in the, in the, in the video replays. Um but he does, he tries hard. He does the best he can. He doesn't have the greatest movement in the world. If he could start making threes again, we'd be loving him too. Um, for for sure. Um, yeah, no, this was this this is a good looking team. Um, I think the uh I think they're fun to watch and I'm looking forward to it. Will Baines return on Tuesday? Like I said, I think it's doubtful. Um, if he does come in, um, it's because he made some huge breakthrough or the sun's found time to do a practice but until then yeah i don't know um, uh, isaiah isaiah in the comments making a, a great point ricky was silently was the best player out there tonight and i think i think that's exactly what you 
can expect from Ricky Rubio is mm-hmm. even when he is the best player out there, it's not going to look like it necessarily because he's helping all of his teammates look that much better. Uh, and I, I can't say enough about Ricky Rubio. This team uh, is not in this position, uh, is not an improved team without him on this roster. Uh, the point guard play that Ricky brings to the table uh, is unbelievable. And so glad that uh, he was able to go out there and, played big in those final few minutes when Devin was out. Yeah, guys, um, the questions in there about what the Suns are going to do in the offseason, I'm sorry, this is not the night to talk about it. we got plenty of time in the future to talk about next. Um, we don't know what they're going to do with Kelly offseason. We don't know who's going to fill the power forward position. This isn't the time to talk about it. Let's talk about the Suns actually winning a very unlikely game to win the way it went. I'm, I'm really, really happy. Ricky, he did talk in post game that this, he's been here before. He's been in the playoff-type atmosphere. Every one of these bubble t- bubble games, we all thought maybe they'd be like warm-up games and the guys wouldn't take them seriously. These dudes are taking this seriously. If you've watched any of the other games in the bubble, every team is going balls out because none of them played for four and a half months. So they are so excited to get back out there and prove themselves. They're all competitive. Um, so, no, this is no one's rolling over. So this is just going to be a really, really fun experience. We're probably all going to look, look back on the bubble time as – a, one of the greatest periods of NBA basketball ever, and B, possibly the rebirth of the Phoenix Suns spirit and energy and, and respectability and all that. I, you know, I think it's really fun. You know what I love about the bubble? I watched hockey today. I watched the Coyotes. Big win for them uh, in their first game in the bubble uh, up in Edmonton. But you could feel, without the crowd in the NHL, you could feel it. I mean, it, a guy scores a goal. It just didn't feel quite like playoff hockey i forgot there was no fans in the building for this suns game i mean it was that exciting uh and that thrilling uh and that's that's what's exciting about it when you look at it you're like whoa okay uh this still feels like playoff basketball i think you're right we're gonna look back on this and this is gonna be one of yeah. one of the this great the memories of nba fans sorry to interrupt you greg uh, this is the closest the suns have been to playoff level basketball since uh 2014 i mean come on this is this is great every game means something to both teams it's not just a march game that the suns feel like is play we say it's playoff basketball and the other team's going that's nah, not playoffs uh this is really playoff basketball this is for positioning for everybody um dallas doesn't want to end up with a seventh seed and have to play a really good clippers team or something like that dallas would like to rise up so no you've got teams everyone playing really hard and is just so fun to watch because you can tell when there's a team that doesn't show up real hard like the pelicans yesterday they get completely waxed yeah so no everyone's playing hard and uh the, the only ones who are going to get waxed are the ones who just show up like it's preseason so, okay so Corey walls pregame uber said he felt good but not mentally yeah he's saying that this whole freaking time but like, so, i'm sorry um, if you can't get mentally ready for this and get over whatever hurdle you are I don't know. When are you? I mean, this is, this is, you know, metaphorically and basketball terms, life or death for the Suns. They basically have to go seven and one. There's no margin for error. And this team's fighting like this. If he can't overcome that mental hurdle, that that's a little troubling to me. But again, 
that's for later. Like uh, right now, they're they they've gone two and zero without Kelly. They've got to do this without him. And if if Ubre can't get over that, that's on him. They've got to keep moving. And guys like Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges are proving their worth uh, with those extra minutes. And and I love it. Like it's next man up. We hear that a lot in sports, but that's what it's become for the Suns. Is Next guy's just going to step up. They're going to do it. I mean, again, I, I've mentioned him a little bit, but campaign did that tonight too in in, in the second half. It was this team needs me to do something. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make the most I of the minutes I have. I was so happy. I was so happy for campaign and Javon Carter. Both those guys have been struggling to shoot. Um, they talked about it, like I said, a few minutes ago on this, that um, they both talked about how they can – well, Cam – Sorry, Javon Carter doesn't talk about his weaknesses, but campaign is very open about his weaknesses. And he's like, look, I'm not a great shooter. I got to work on that to stay in this NBA. Um, so all I can do is play hard on defense. And um, I was so happy that those guys combined for four threes. They each made a couple of threes in that big run. That was huge for the Suns. Just absolutely dominating huge to give everybody a lift. When you say, when you see Booker and Aiden, uh, on the sidelines cheering really happy for their teammates. That's a really fun side to see. So, uh, yeah, I, I, right now I wouldn't give up any of these guys and I don't want to change a thing. <laughs> I don't want to see Kelly come back. We don't need to force Aaron Baines out there. Somebody asked in the chat if Aaron would look just as good now. I have a serious, and I talked about this the other day too, I have a serious worry about Aaron Baines and his shot because his shot is He's only newly learned how to shoot the three and it's all legs and, and perfect body motion and all that because he's so strong. He could throw it out the gym if he doesn't focus. I mean, what these guys are doing, like when we're little and we're young, we're just learning how to shoot. We're like throwing our entire body into the shot just to get it to the rim. Aaron Baines is like flicking it. Like he could flick a shot with his little finger if he wanted to. Um, so he's got to really rein in his, his adrenaline and strength and all that. It's kind of like these guys can't shoot free throws in games because their heart's going so hard. It's the same thing on threes. You've got to, it's just a flick and it's got to be perfect. And you got to have the legs and all that in there. I worry that Aaron Baines would go over whatever shots he takes from three. He, that, he's got gravity. He'll pull the defense out um, and he'll be able to play defense. So I would like to see him in there, but I don't want to rattle anything. I think, Dario's doing well. I mean, I wouldn't mind improving on Frank right now, but Dario's playing really well. There's no, no reason to do anything that would take away minutes from Dario or minutes from Cam Johnson or minutes from Mikel or any of the other guys who are in there right now. I'm really glad Monty settled on um, campaign for the backup point guard spot, and I'm really glad campaign is coming through for him. Is this the first backup point guard who's real out of nowhere who's really come through for a coach in like three years? With the Suns, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I mean. With <laughs> the Suns, they've got fifteen dudes like campaign. Yeah, well, and but I, I think this one comes down to the fact that Monty knew him. Monty knew what he was getting. He had coached campaign before. Uh, I think Cam has a, a trust in Monty, and that's something that the Suns have not had a lot of around here that that is huge that's a big part of this is he understood cam and cam knows that that monty knows him and he trusts him and that's 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 a big thing for a guy that uh that's trying to come in gain some confidence and prove he belongs is knowing that your coach uh, has faith in you so uh, dave i want to i want to talk about the standings uh sure. because if you look at it there the suns now sit 
two games back of the San Antonio Spurs for the ninth spot, and they sit four games back of the Memphis Grizzlies. So they have that magic only four games back of the ninth seed. Now they have to gain ground on the guys ahead of them, but they've already closed that gap somewhat, and now now only being two games back. They're still still in 13th place, obviously, by this because of percentage points and and, uh, total games played. But uh, you're right. One or two more wins, and they're right up there in the ninth, in the ten spot anyway. Uh, they're extremely close right there. They're only basically they're one win away from being in the eleventh spot. The Suns are making noise, and the Clippers got to watch out. Now the Clippers, of course, have been kicking butt, so I would not feel great about the Clippers game on Tuesday. But you know, anything can happen anytime. What you uh, have to hope. What you have to hope is the. Uh, is the Clippers overlook the Suns? I mean, I'm just going to be frank. I don't want to. I don't want to rain on on this parade. But the Suns to beat a full strength Clippers team are going to need an almost perfect game. But if the Clippers come in and don't have the mental edge that they usually do, uh, that may open the door here. Uh, they're they're going to need help yeah, yeah. to beat the Clippers. That'd be nice if the Clippers don't come in with the mental edge. But the way they dismantled the Pelicans yesterday. Uh, makes me worry a little bit about it. And they'll have had two days off before they play again. So, um, yeah, look, I would love for the Suns to beat the Clippers, but I just can't predict that. I'd rather predict that they beat the Pacers and then the Heat after that for sure, and then they end up 4-1 and one to start the bubble season. Um, man, the Clippers the Clippers game scares me. The Suns always lose to the Clippers. It's always, except for that uh, opening weekend win, that was huge. That was great. Um, but really Paul George wasn't playing then. Um, it would be, uh, I know we beat the clips of that Aiton. We didn't have Aiton. They didn't have Paul George. Um, so I, it, look, the Suns can beat the Clippers, but should the Suns beat the Clippers? Probably not. Uh, but I definitely feel much stronger about the two games after that. Um, so we'll be, we'll be recapping all these games and we'll be here and I hope I get to eat my words a little bit. (laughs) Look, if the Suns on Tuesday come out uh, in that in that matinee game and they beat the Clippers, it will be insanity for Suns fans. I don't think we I don't think we'll have felt the kind of excitement that will be uh, will be coming if the Suns beat the Clippers on Tuesday because this this town has been waiting a decade for something to be excited about from a basketball standpoint right. anything and if they beat the clippers people are going to really start buying into they have a chance here right tonight was nice you you escaped what could have been a, a damaging loss but a win against the clippers no matter how it happens mm-hmm. changes the face of things you start 3 and 0 a lot of these other teams that you're are in front of you are beating up on each other uh, and all of a sudden you go this could be a reality at 3 and 0. Now, they're not out of it at 2 and 1. The Clippers one is is probably the game that most of us circled. If you have to go 7 and 1, that's likely the one you're going to lose. But if they start 3 and 0 with one of those wins coming at the Clippers, the excitement level uh, is going to be something we have not felt since that Western Conference Finals run. I love how Landon Alverson says we're going to have 349 peeps in this chat if we beat the Clippers. I like how he stops at three forty nine, not three fifty. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a limit on YouTube that we're not aware. Of. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's three forty nine is the limit. Oh, uh, this is this is awesome that one hundred and sixty one are watching right now, or we're, we're just a second ago. Let's let's, let's say I, I agree with Hey Duke in 
in the chat. He says, Dave, take a drink and just listen. Uh, I, I, I agree with that as well. Uh, John in the it, chat. It, saying, one of my best talents is that I can drink and talk at the same time. It's great. That, that is something. Uh, John in the chat says, I've been waiting a decade. Facts. Well, that's yeah. true. We all have been. And then uh, Blaze Megatron, one of the flaming ballers, says, would beating the Clippers get us in onto the national stage, like national news? What's funny is that, so. you, know what, you know what, speaking of national stage, the, and, and I, I hate being petty like this, but sometimes I am. Uh, NBA.com tweeted out, Luca goes for 40 in close loss to Suns. And then they just show the Suns. Instead of Booker scores 30 in win over Mavs. Did you see what Devin Booker's brother uh, tweeted? And I apologize that I don't have this to pull up on the screen. But he tweeted, uh, with all respect in the world, what has Luca done to earn this? And I, th- I think it's very valid. What did Luca do? What has Luca really done to deserve the superstar treatment? More so than Devin Booker or whatever. Like I, I just, it's he's a really good player, but man, does he does he foulbate? Everything he does is foulbating. The dude had a career high in free throws and free throw attempts tonight, and I wasn't surprised. Also, we've got uh, Mook uh, Mook in the chat. Sorry about that. Just saw the ESPN highlights. It was all Mavs. Yeah, well, that doesn't make that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Rip ninety three Ford says the Ringer NBA Twitter disrespected the Suns. No surprise there. Uh, it's just uh, none of this shocks me, right? Yeah, the Suns would. Suns have to go. Uh, I think four and one to get real national recognition in their first five games for the last few. Or they have if they just go three and two or something like that, they'll get some some like the usual recognition we'd like to see after the fact. Like Zach Lowe will say, they're sneaky good. You know, we'll we'll be happy with that. But I hate that term and the ringers to say the Suns are a threat. You've got to go four and one. I hate that sneaky good thing. That is like the the biggest backhanded compliment. It means you really actually you suck, but sometimes you have good runs is what that feels like to me. It's like yeah. if you go to a burger joint and every fifth burger's good, but the other four are just bad. They're well, sneaky, sneaky good. good. Yeah, because you I don't, don't know if I'm going to get a good one. You don't want your restaurant to be sneaky good, that's for sure. <laughs> I, uh, Gabriel in the chat coming strong says, let's hope that Kawhi Leonard leaves the bubble for some wings. <laughs> I, that would be nice. Uh, they're going to need yeah. They're gonna need whatever help they can get on Tuesday, that's for sure. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, so is Lou Williams back for Tuesday? Anybody? I Probably because that's, that's the way this always works. I, right? think, I think somebody had calculated out his 10 game uh, stretch was going to expire right before the game against the Suns. I mean, I, I, I guess that, sure. I guess that depends on what his tests look like because you have to be clean for uh, clear of the virus for a certain amount of time. And I don't know if he ever tested positive from his little venture there to uh, the strip club in, uh, in Atlanta. I'd be impressed if you, if you made it out. Lou left for some chicken strips. (laughs) (laughs) That, that is quite the headline. Yeah. He, he, I love, uh, gosh, who was it? It was one of those talking heads that, yeah, he, he didn't go for chicken wings. He go went for chicken legs and chicken thighs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> chicken breasts part. <laughs> it was on Dave, 
we've slowly <laughs> gone off the rails per usual. Hey, uh, speaking of going off the rails, you want to talk about uh, Dave's turning? Off, hold on, Dave's turning off lights now. No, I'm turning on the fan. It's, it's sun solar panel. After it's getting dark. hot in here. Uh, uh, Perplexed Hammer um, says sneaky good equals too fast or too fast what? scrolling show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we go again. Um, off off the rails. Uh, uh, hey, yes. so... <laughs> oh, I love it. No need for porn up tonight. Got you two talking Sun's bubble victory. This is Sun's porn. That's right. That's Eddie, all you need. <laughs> Eddie gave us $4.99 just to say that. So <laughs> Dave will take off his shirt if you really need something here. I if you're gave us $4.99. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. So let's yeah, talk man. about TJ. I don't care. TJ Warren can score as much as he wants. Uh, and, and, and we can make as many cash consideration jokes as we want, which believe me, I made my fair no, share of them on Twitter. You did, but it's not cash. It was a little bit of cash, yes. But it was also cap space for Ricky, and Ricky won us this fucking game tonight. Look, I don't win without Ricky Rubio tonight. Look, it's it was a win-win. Let's be honest. T.J. Warren had run his course here in Phoenix, needed a fresh start. Uh, He needed to go to a team that they just needed a guy that could score. The Suns had that with with Devin Booker. It wasn't like they needed that guy uh, that could just drop buckets and do nothing else, which is TJ's specialty. Let's be honest. So I was I was fine with it. I think it's a win win. The cash consideration jokes are always fun because uh, some people take it way too seriously. Like, uh, excuse me, but did you know that money went to uh, to to getting Ricky Rubio? Yes, I know that. Of course, I know that the yeah. money went to getting Ricky Rubio. It's a joke because. It, it, People flipped out that TJ. We don't Warren trust you. That you know anything, Greg. Like I mean, it's it's fine. Okay, TJ... we got another guy saying this is Sunamax. Hey, Duke. Hey, Duke. Sunamax <laughs> after dark. That's Sunamax <laughs> after dark. Hey, hey, we're doing it in the afternoon on uh, on Tuesday. If you're feeling oh, really crazy, oh, it works. Uh, uh, well, you know, this is this is a uh, pandemic land, so. People do do that in the afternoon. <laughs> Carmigo says cash considerations had a great game tonight. That's true. Because to Dave's point, without him, Ricky Rubio ain't a son. You know, they're uh, only doing social social messaging, but I guess it wouldn't be appropriate for one of the guys to put cash considerations on the back of <laughs> Look, we should win more often because this is a lot of fun. Of the sun solar panel. <laughs> there you go, Sam. Is, is he's out of shape? Is that what's his? Tim's probably the one in the most. He's more like the Chris Tapps. <laughs> well, I, Dave, uh, any, panel. <laughs> anything else we want to talk about when it comes to uh, to this game in particular? Looking forward oh, to that man. Clippers this game. This has been a fun night. Uh, the Clippers, look, I don't feel as confident about the Clippers game as I do about any of these other games in the bubble. The Suns could go seven and one, and that one loss would be the Clippers. So if they beat the Clippers, I'll eat all the crow. You all come back on <laughs> on Tuesday afternoon, and I will eat all the crow virtually. I'm not going to actually eat a crow. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, please don't. That would be disgusting. That would be really disgusting. All the feathers and all the inky and all that. No, you don't want that. So uh, let's uh, let's just say, can we trade Tim for some cask consideration? We do, yes, please. <laughs> if you, Fabio, if you want to send me, I think it was three million they got for TJ Warren. <laughs> yes, you can have Tim for three million dollars. That's uh that's fine. All right, that's perfectly fine with me. Look, 
I promise Tim is going to be with us on Tuesday. And so he'll be here to talk all this shit after we uh, hopefully beat the Clippers. That would be fun. Look, Dave, uh, when I look at it, if you had told me, you know, in the first half that the Suns were going to win this one, I would have told you you're nuts probably based on the way they were playing, the lack of defense. So, you know, I may not have a lot of confidence in the moment uh, going into a Clippers game, but I think tonight proved anything can happen. And I know it's a cliche. Anything can happen. And the last time we saw a Suns bench actually pull out a win, I think you all know this, right? 2010, Goran Dragic, come on, let's go. So um, I think this is just this is just going to be a good good bubble run. Look, the bubble is good for us. Uh, this and and Doctor E W or Ew, I don't know how he wants to pronounce <laughs> it. Uh, brings this brings us up. He said, "I remember how hype we we started the season when Ubre hosted the Bally Boys uh, and all the Suns fans were there." Look, this this run so far in the bubble, and I know it's only two 0 but. This team reminds me a lot of the team that started this year that went on that hot streak that had a little something special going on. And really all you need is, is a crazy eight game run here to, to force a play in. Right. And that's all we, uh, if you get to that point, it's house money. All you need to do is go to eight. No. And then win (laughs) games. That's it. That's all you need to do. But all we wanted. And I think, any Suns fan, if you've been told the final eight games of the season are going to yep. have immense meaning potentially, yep. that you're going to have the opportunity yep. to be a part of the conversation and you're going to see exciting basketball, we all would have bought in. Would we, we wouldn't have asked twice. We would have said, yes, we want in, and that's what we have right here. And the Suns are making the most exactly of it so far. All I, all I want is at least six games into this to still be – be part of it. If, if they make it six games still uh, as part of the discussion, I'm going to leave this happy, right? You are big on get to that 30 win mark. So two more wins, they hit that 30 win, win mark. They hit 30 is the first time they've done that since 2015, yes. So so uh, there, I will take this uh, as a success uh, as it is, but, man, if they beat the Clippers uh, on, on Tuesday – let's get excited. Let's just, uh, you know, usually I'm the guy that's like pessimistic and pump the brakes. Let's not overreact. No, go all in because it's the only reason we're fans is to enjoy this, to have fun with it, to, to be irrational about it. Like that's let, let's enjoy it because it's the first time in a long time we're getting anything like this. And uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and find a way to overanalyze all this or look at, look at too many stats to try to go, well, it's just, it's astronomical for him to, to get in. Fan is short for fanatical. It means put, put some of the, the, the mathematical and logical <laughs> thinking aside and have fun. Enjoy Robert, it. Robert Christie puts in, I feel like they're not having a crowd thing is benefiting the Suns. Yep. Cause they're used to playing without a crowd. Or <laughs> they're right. used, or they're used to having a lot of the, uh, a lot of the opponents fans in the building as well, even at home. So it could, that could play yeah. a big part in this, that it's an equalizer. Yeah. Now there is no home court. So oh, all these playing on the road and this is like a road game, man. Yeah. Everything is like a road game. Well, and it forces it forces them to bond too, which Monty's talked about. When you're in a situation like this, you're there's nowhere to go but hang out with your teammates, and that helps the chemistry on the court too. If you've got a group of guys mm-hmm. that like each other off the court, it shows on the court. And Monty this team Williams had, had yeah, they've they've gained years of 
growth and camaraderie in just this year because of this bubble, because of the uh, right here, this, this last few weeks, they spent more time together in the last few weeks than they would have over the next two years. So I, I think it's awesome. I, I perplexed damage says at the start of the season, Vegas odds was over under 32. I remember it at 29 and a half. We're just freaking happy to get close to there. All right. <laughs> I, I just, I just I remember, remember. I remember the Vegas odds being 28 or 29. I thought was it was 29 and a half. We guessed, yeah, we guessed over 30, I'm pretty sure. And you may have different Vegas odds than we did, and I apologize. But I remember them being in the 20s, and we were frustrated. We thought they'd be 30 or 35 uh, wins, uh, which they could, still could be even play, finishing the season eight games, nine games short of 82. So uh, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Brody has a great suggestion from the chat. He says, we need yeah. Barkley as a virtual fan for the Suns. He would have a lot less than Dave does uh, with him as well. <laughs> he would have, I think he would have a good time, but unfortunately the Suns don't have any TNT games. I could see them doing it if it were a TNT game and they, they throw Chuck yeah. into that virtual Yeah, crowd. Chuck pounding nachos. Um, the I, <laughs> what is that? I got Munson? Chuck pounding nachos. Yeah, you know what? And you know what he's got to make because it's all there's no sound. So he's got to be going, whoo, these are hot, you know, because <laughs> he was saying they were so cold. Uh, look, uh, this has been fun. I think we're we're almost in an hour. Uh, we appreciate everybody. Hey, time flies when you're drinking after a win. <laughs> Hey, time flies when there's a win, period. All right. It's great to have a win. Uh, so, so, Dave, final thoughts before we get out of here. Oh, final thoughts. The Suns um, are going to finish this season with over 30 wins, and I'm very, very happy about that. Um, I'm very proud of the way the boys played. They really picked each other up. They didn't need Devin Booker and DeAndre to carry them. They didn't even need Mikel Bridges to be like the star of the scrimmages that he was. He was pretty good, but he was in foul trouble the whole night too. They needed the rest of those guys to step up and show they could beat any team, and they did that, and I'm so proud of these boys tonight. This has been a, this, this was a, the best win of the season in my book. I said it. I said it earlier in the show, but mark it down. This will be the kind of game you look back at in a year and you go, that was a defining moment for this Phoenix Suns team where they finally took that leap. You always hear, well, that was the moment so-and-so truly became the president. Well, we're going to look back and go, that was the moment the Phoenix Suns truly became an NBA team after a decade <laughs> an NBA and, team. and now ha can be in the playoff conversation for a while. Uh, so thank you to everybody that joined us in the chat. This has been one of the most fun chats we've had. Want to mention something to you, to all our flaming ballers out there or anybody that joins the YouTube channel uh, and joins at one of our levels. Oh, yeah. We have a new, uh, a new thing, a new perk for you. We have a private, facebook group that you're all going to get invited to that we can all talk uh we can do stuff during games if we want there's going to be all sorts of opportunities to have fun there so look out for that invitation if you are a member if you're not already click the join button and you'll get that as well as some exclusive content sometimes we'll chat with you there'll be all sorts of different things that we're going to do as we continue to build this thing up. So become a member of the flaming ballers there. Click the link in the description to the show, or if you're watching on YouTube, click that join button right now. So for Dave King, I'm Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. And thank you for watching the bubble boys post game gab fest here on the solar panel. We'll be back on Tuesday following the Clippers game.